What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Citizen Hope. And this is also the first edition of something I'm calling Everyday Heroes. Um, I'm your host, Jess, and I certainly hope your week has started off on a positive note. But if it hasn't, then you've come to the right place. I'm going to be switching it up a little bit this week. And instead of doing a deep dive on one person, I'm going to be sharing a few stories of regular folks just like you and me, day jobs, life worries, craziness, the whole nine, going above and beyond the call of duty. And I'll probably do this kind of thing every few episodes because I think it's really important to remember that people just like you and me are doing incredible things every day, right? Like we're fighting our own biases. We're facing our fears. We make the right choice or we take the right action, even when it's the harder thing to do, or maybe it's just super inconvenient in the moment. And to me, that's all a hero is anyway. Um, And I'd actually like to talk about the definition of a hero for a second and, and kind of more like what society says a hero is or sort of the the baggage that that label carries. Um, I think it's really important to remember that a hero, first and foremost, is just a flawed human being, right? I mean, unless your hero is a fictional character, then who you're calling a hero is just a person who has done some good things and they've done some bad things in their life. They've helped people and they've hurt people as they've grown into who they are. And now, obviously, there are varying levels of helping and hurting others, which we've got to factor in when we're trying to assess someone's overall character. But when we make the decision to cancel someone, right, like this whole phenomenon of cancel culture, when we don't allow for the humanity that lives behind the action that we're applauding, that's not right either. If the public deems someone a hero, there's an underlying assumption there that this, you know, quote unquote hero must be a pristine human, free from all past and future wrongdoing. Uh, They don't hold any biases. They don't subscribe to any stereotypes that we would disagree with now or find disagreeable at any point in the future. And I think that that's really unfair because human nature is not even close to that black and white, right? A person either being being all good or being all bad. Um, good people, and I'm, I'm using finger quotes there, good people are capable of doing harm and bad people are capable of doing good. And in the end, we're all just people, right? Like neither good nor bad, but the grayest of gray uh, mix of both. And we're just trying to do the best we can given our circumstances. So case in point, if you listen to episode one about Sojourner Truth, we uncovered some evidence, and there's a lot more out there, um, that Lincoln, President Lincoln, didn't particularly like Black people, and he didn't think that they were equal to white people. Now, that's not how many of us like to think about Lincoln, right? It's uncomfortable for us to think that the great hero president of the Civil War, the man who ended slavery, was racist. But I think that we need to learn to hear and accept the truth, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, and instead realize that Lincoln was just a flawed human being. The entire history of the human race is made up of flawed humans still taking right actions to move all of us forward. Because Lincoln held a very wrong belief, Does that mean that we should cancel him and ignore and discount everything positive that he did? You know, like, was the Emancipation Proclamation the wrong thing to do because an imperfect man enacted it? 
Now, these are really tough questions, and I'm not saying that there's a right answer here, but I do hope it gets you thinking, and hopefully it provides a grounding concept for this episode and any future episodes. When I tell someone's story, it is absolutely not to put them up on some kind of pedestal of perfection from which they'll inevitably fall. I mean, this is what the media, social media and otherwise, absolutely loves to do to people in the spotlight, right? Applaud them and spotlight them for the good things or good thing that they did, and then dig into everything they've ever said or done or thought and use that to discredit the good stuff that we were just applauding them for. And that is not what I'm here for. Um, What I'm trying to do with Citizen Hope is acknowledge and celebrate people's heroic actions while recognizing that they're just humans who are going to mess up and make mistakes. And I'm trying really hard not to impose any of that hero label um, baggage on them. My stance, and then I promise you guys, I will shut up about this and move on to the stories. (laughs) is that we should expect and allow for every single person on this planet to make mistakes and to think in ways that we might disagree with and to be wrong sometimes and still be capable of so much good. We're all just people, even our heroes, imperfect, biased, lovely, regular old humans. And that's honestly what makes these stories so powerful, in my opinion, Um, because if regular old flawed humans can do unbelievable, awesome, extraordinary things, it proves the potential in you and in all of us. For this edition of Everyday Heroes, I'm featuring stories of incredible teachers. I consider teachers in general just a really heroic group of people. I mean, in most cases, they're doing that job because it's a passion and a calling to help shape and grow young minds. And I mean, let's put it bluntly, they put up with our children all day, every day. Like these are heroic people. Um, And they certainly don't do the job for the glamour, the amazing pay, the tiny little workload and the fawning, adoring parents, right? Um, I myself have been privileged to have many outstanding teachers through my school years, Uh, teachers who challenged and inspired me, who were compassionate and fair, but also tough, who saw potential in me when I didn't even see it in myself, and I will never forget them. So I hope you enjoy hearing stories about these awesome teachers as much as I'm going to enjoy sharing them. We're kicking it off with a salute to Mr. Jonte Lee, a Coolidge High School chemistry teacher in Washington, D.C., who turned his kitchen into a chemistry lab and used his own money to buy and deliver supplies to his 35 students. When the pandemic hit and it made what was an in-classroom learning experience virtual only, Lee got creative with his lessons and said, anything I can do to support the learning of my students, I'm willing to do. Mr. Lee became known as the kitchen chemist, and he now has students joining his online classes from across America. He'll even be featured in an episode of Amazon's new series, Regular Heroes. He doesn't think of himself as a hero, though. He said, I'm just doing me. Mr. Lee is a great example of teachers who are able to make learning fun, even when the circumstances are unprecedented. And another such teacher is a guy by the name of Michael Scruggs. He is a social studies teacher in Memphis, Tennessee. He starts each class having the students clap and chant the mantra, I am number one. I have everything it takes to be number one. I am successful. I am great. 
I woke up with a purpose. My day will be great. Scholars get scholarships. I get scholarships. We all get scholarships. I'm smiling so hard telling these stories, you guys. I just love this. Um, Or how about fifth grade teacher Barry White Jr. of Ashley Park Elementary School in Charlotte, North Carolina, who greets each of his students every morning with a personalized handshake that he and the student created. And beyond making students feel really valued when they're inside the classroom, Many times teachers take action based on unspoken needs outside of the classroom, like Gretchen Lane, also known as Mrs. Lane by her students. Mrs. Lane is a second grade teacher at the George J. Mitchell School in Waterville, Maine. She recognized that virtual learning was going to be hard for a lot of her students because of a lack of technology, and she sought a solution for that. Mrs. Lane said, Not everyone has a laptop or a computer at home, but most of them have cell phones, and that's why I decided to do the read-alongs. Mrs. Lane records herself reading a new book every single day and loads the video on YouTube and shares it on her Facebook page so that parents of her second graders can show their kids a daily story time. She said, I had a brand new stack of books that were donated at the beginning of the school year that I hadn't had a chance to read yet. And I packaged all those up and brought them home with the intention of reading them every day. There's another teacher, not in the U.S., actually in the U.K., named Zane Powells. He lives in northeast Lincolnshire. He feared that his students would struggle to get enough food when schools were shut down due to the pandemic. So every morning he woke up early and he prepared 85 lunches. And then he walked the seven and a half miles to deliver them to his students. He did that for 17 weeks, totaling over 600 miles logged. And Powell said, When I started these walks, I was concerned about the kids and their well-being, and I wanted to make sure I could see them all. I needed to know if they were safe, if they were healthy, if they had access to food. I'm just doing my job at the end of the day. My role is to help nurture and educate children and to take care of them. Because of his work, he won the Inspirational Primary School Teacher Award in 2019 after he was nominated by a parent. And speaking at the award ceremony, he said, We should never give up on children. Having a tough upbringing is never their fault. If thinking outside the box to teach our children during a pandemic and meeting their unspoken needs even outside of the classroom isn't enough heroics for you, how about teachers actually saving lives? Patrick Mertens, a 64-year-old custodian at Kimball Elementary School in Minnesota, was in dire need of a kidney transplant. The staff at Kimball Elementary held fundraisers to help him pay for ongoing dialysis treatment, but his condition continued to worsen, so his daughter posted a plea on Facebook for possible donors. Aaron Durga, a third-grade teacher at Kimball Elementary, answered the call. Durga told the Washington Post, I felt in my heart from the very beginning that this was my thing. Once I decided that, yes, I'm going to donate to Pat, I felt really good about it, and I was at peace with it throughout the entire thing. Durga and Mertens underwent the transplant surgery this past July, and by August, they were both recovered enough to return to Kemble Elementary when school began. And I've got another life-saving story for you. This time, it's a duo of teacher Julia Koch and principal Charlie Lovelady. 
Julia Koch teaches first grade in Michigan. And one morning she got a call about a computer glitch from a woman named Cynthia Phillips. Phillips had a granddaughter in Miss Koch's class, and she knew immediately that there was something more serious going on than just technical difficulties with the computer. Koch told CNN, it was clear there was something very wrong. Her words were so jumbled, and I couldn't understand what she was trying to say. She didn't sound like herself. Suspecting a stroke, Koch immediately alerted the school principal, Charlie Lovelady. Lovelady, who coincidentally had just lost his own father to a stroke, kept Phillips on the phone while another staff member dialed 911. Cynthia Phillips survived, and Koch says of the incident, I don't think one can truly be a good teacher and not care about the students and their families. In the environment we're in especially, it's too hard to do this without actually truly caring. Okay, I've got one last story for you. And this one is about teachers becoming support systems for students who need it. So um, this is a teacher who cared enough to act when he saw that a student was alone and unsupported. This takes place at Bessemer City High School in Alabama. And when they held their annual graduation ceremony, Dominic Moore was one of the teachers involved in coordinating the event. After the ceremony ended, Dom was cleaning up after the festivities, and at that point, nearly everyone had left to go celebrate with friends and family, except one young man who was still sitting there by himself. And Dom says of the young man, I know his moods, and I knew he wasn't himself. I asked him, where are your people? And he was like, nobody's here. Dom didn't really know what to say at first, but eventually told him, I expect big things from you and it's going to be okay. Dom assumed that someone would show up eventually to give the graduate a ride home, but when nobody did, Dom offered to drive him home. Neither one of them suspected that this was going to be much more than just a ride home. During the trip, Mr. Moore decided to take the student out to eat at any restaurant of his choice. And during the dinner, which was full of some tears and a lot of laughter, Moore never asked the student why his family didn't come to the graduation ceremony. Instead, it was more important to Mr. Moore that the student felt seen and appreciated for his accomplishment in that moment. Later in the evening, Mr. Moore shared his thoughts about the impromptu dinner on Facebook. He also shared his Cash App ID for anyone who wanted to make a donation to the young man's future. Before long, Mr. Moore had collected more than $5,000 in donations, and someone had even stepped forward to mentor the student for 20 hours a week. Mr. Moore stated, I'm feeling amazing that so many people would bless him the way they have. He's received a great deal of funds, which have been turned over to a financial advisor. Moore hopes to help this student buy a car and go to college. Mr. Moore hopes the story will remind us all of what is actually important in life. He says, we take people and life for granted. Even though we have bad, in this moment, it shows that mankind is good. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for the first edition of Everyday Heroes. I hope you leave this episode feeling like mankind is good, just like Mr. Moore. I'm going to post some links to some good news resources in the show notes so that you can access positivity throughout your day and week. And join me next week for the story of Nasir Ahmed. 
you might recognize that name if you're a fan of the TV show, This Is Us. Without the work of Nasir Ahmed, this pandemic would have been a lot harder to get through. Listen next week to find out why. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope the stories that I share put a big, bright spotlight on the potential that lives in all of us. Check out the show notes for the sources that I use to make each episode. And if you like the podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, I'd be so honored to tell your stories on the show. I'm talking about stories of everyday heroism, courage, and hope. Like, did your great-grandparents write each other for months during the war and it kept their love alive? Did your mom or dad save you from calamity when you were a kid? Did a small act of kindness, like stopping for a stranded motorist, lead to something much greater? Did your pet save your life? These are the stories I would love to share. Email me at citizenhopepodcast at gmail.com for a chance to have your story featured on the show. Now I want you to go forth and kick ass because you are amazing. Mm -hmm.